If you have your Bible today, we're in Acts 4, beginning verse 36. The title of the message today is Giving Encouragement. We want to be encouragement people all the way. All right, let's look at verse 36. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Isn't it strange that princes and kings and clowns that caper in sawdust rings and common people like you and me are builders for eternity? Each is given a book of rules, a shapeless mass, a bag of tools, and each must build before time has thrown a stumbling block, or a stepping stone. On the path of life, are you going to be a stumbling block or a stepping stone? Christians are going to have to kind of step it up today if, it, if we're all going to be stepping stones. There is a coarsening of our society. I've mentioned that a number of times, but I think it's getting worse, just a lot worse. Uh, if you go to a hockey game, it's a hockey fight. If you go to a football game, it's a football fight. If you go to a basketball game, it's a basketball brawl. It's always something like that, fighting on the court, the field, the stands. Another thing is that women are cussing a lot more. Have you noticed that? I mean a lot more. Not just a little bit more. I'm talking about a lot more. When I was little... No, no women cussed, you know, when I was little. I never heard a woman cuss. Well, now, they cuss as much as the men do. The men have always been bad about that. But the women are getting worse. It's terrible. Are you living for Christ in such a connected fashion that you pick people up instead of tripping people up? Does your winsome witness help others to find faith in Jesus Christ? Or does your life trip people who are in route trying to find more about our Lord? Let's examine a portrait of one of God's Hall of Fame members this morning. His name was Barnabas. He was a consummate stepping stone person. The following characteristics, I'm going to cover four today. Create a composite of a stepping stone person. Number one, a stepping stone person is generous. After the formulation of the early church uh, at Pentecost, the early Christians needed some financial fuel. They didn't have any money. Generous Barnabas sold a field that he owned, and he invested in God's eternal purpose. And it helped a whole lot. Times have not changed. God's church is still built on three books, the Bible, the hymn book, and the checkbook. Uh, I mean, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. How a person relates to his possessions tells you a great deal about that person. For instance, a young farmer was wanting to get married, so he had 
advertised for a wife in the Farmer's Journal. The ad read, Marrying Age Young Farmer Needs a Wife with a Tractor. Please, please send picture of the tractor. <laughs> Many people sell their soul for stuff. Barnabas sold his stuff for souls. He had a kingdom vision. He really did. He was just a great, great man. And God blessed him uh, because of it. Now, are you a generous person? See, that's, that's the question that obviously follows. Are, are we generous people? Do we do really what we ought to do or do we kind of sit back when it comes uh, to that time? Barnabas had a, a vision that God had given him to help build up this new church. Have you fashioned from your resources of time and talent and treasure Stepping stones that will have an impact for God's work and God's glory for a long, long time. There has been a great Baptist preacher that preached a famous sermon all over America. If, uh, if you ever went to Baptist churches when you were a kid, you probably heard about R.G. Lee preached a sermon called Payday Someday. And uh, I guess that's the most heard sermon in America. Uh, he preached it thousands of times all over in all the big churches uh, across our country. Uh, he had a great line that I have always remembered and I, I, I think is just very significant. He said, everything in this world will pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. And you know that's true. You think about it. I remember in Fort Worth, there was a real rich guy, and he built four or five big buildings in Fort Worth. Had his big name all over. You know what happened 50 years later? They came by and knocked those buildings down. They knocked them all down. There's not one of them standing. He thought, well, I have made myself immortal in these big buildings. Well, he hadn't. But he thought he had. Well, like Barnabas, we need to become sharing, giving, generous people whose resources are changed into eternal stepping stones. Number two, a stepping stone person is encouraging. Are you an encourager? Etched in Barnabas' name was a portrait of his central uh, characteristic. Although he was tabbed by his parents, named by his parents as Joseph, that didn't stick very long. Everybody forgot that. Like Simon and Saul, his name was changed to reflect his character development. Perhaps you have a nickname that reflects a characteristic that you have. Uh, yet on a spiritual level, if Jesus renamed you according to the central theme of your personality, what would your rename be? What would it be? Evidently, Barnabas' life was so encouraging that the apostles were compelled to retitle him Son of Encouragement. That's what they called him. Perhaps his rebirth could be traced to the encouragement that he found from Jesus. Whatever the circumstance, Barnabas continued 
to reproduce encouragement in all of those that were anywhere around him. To encourage is linked to the name of Jesus, who gave for the Holy Spirit. He gave a a wonderful, wonderful witness through his Spirit to people to become more encouraging. The word paraclete is a compound word meaning to come alongside that which is downcast or hurting. Consequently, the encourager, now maybe this is you, the encourager is the person that finds someone that is sick or someone that's in a nursing home or someone that is limping along through life. And they come up beside them and pick them up and help them and befriend them and love them. That's very, very important. Indeed, encouragement is the miracle grow for the soul. That's why I tell people, come to church, get picked up. You know, there's a lot of depressing things going on. You know, I mean, you don't have to go far, just read the paper. I mean, almost every page of the paper is filled with stuff that are terrible or wrong or awful. You know, it's all around us. We need something that picks us up. You know, one of the things about coming to church, if you really get into these great hymns that we sing, if you really join us in the time of prayer, if you really open your Bible and study it with us and grow with us, it picks you up. You know, it gives you a better vision of not only today, but of forever. Do you encourage people? Do you do, you do that? Are you an encourager? Do you help others believe in themselves? Or have you mastered the ability to discourage through acidic criticism? I know some people like that. You know, when I see them, I want to say, well, who are you criticizing today? (laughs) A wise man observed, a kick in the pants is only 18 inches away from a pat on the back. But they're miles apart in the results. Now, are you a back patter or are you a pants kicker? You know, you kind of have a choice. Jesus and Barnabas were experts in the art of back padding. They loved people. They put their arms around people and try and lift them up. We all need encouragement. Every one of us. Every one of us here this morning needs encouragement. We really do. Abraham Lincoln was a man of iron. He had an iron will about him. But he also needed encouragement. Next time you go to Washington, D.C., journey over to the second floor of the Library of Congress and see an amazing display there. It contains the contents of a lot of different things, but one of the things that's really neat is Abraham Lincoln's pockets, uh, what he had in his pockets when he was assassinated. He was carrying with him on that fateful evening two pairs of reading glasses. His wallet uh, held not only federal currency, but also Confederate 
currency. Tucked deep down in the deepest recess of his wallet were four positive editorials about his presidency. He cut those out and kept them because they were encouraging him. He appreciated them. And I'm sure he got them out every once in a while and read them. And it lifted him up. This American hero needed four encouragement vitamins for his emotional system. Aren't we all in need of some affirmation? Mark Twain said, I can run for a whole month on one good compliment. You know, there's a lot of truth in that. You want to change a day or change a week or change a month, say something really helpful that really lifts the other person up. And you've done a wonderful work. We all need a back pat, a positive compliment, a pull up when we get knocked down. The ultimate encouragement example, of course, is Jesus. Jesus had a marvelous ability to see saints when he was looking at sinners. He could do that. Jesus could have renamed Simon Silly Putty. Instead, Jesus says, Blessed are you, Simon. You are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. What a compliment. What an unbelievable compliment Jesus gave to him. Well, indeed, Silly Putty Simon became the powerful preacher of Pentecost. You remember the great, great falling of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of so many that were there that day. Because Jesus encouragingly called Simon to step up to the possibilities of becoming God's person. And he did. He stepped up. Well, guess what? God wants us to step up, to move to the next level, to do the next thing, to help the next person. To be behind the next movement that is the right movement. James and John were in the same boat. They were called the Sons of Thunder. Sounds like a motorcycle gang. Uh, the encouragement of Jesus, however, transformed John from a son of thunder into the apostle of love. Now, if you want to start a new believer out, tell them to read the Gospel of John. It's all about love. People need love. Get them to read that book. Get them to memorize chapter 3 if you can. You know, that, that makes such a big, big difference. He was transformed from a son of thunder to an apostle of love. Jesus still sees the potential in possibility In each yielded life. You say, well, who's that? It's you. It's you that are here today. You have a yielded life. You know and love the Lord. And because of that, there are tremendous possibilities within you that God wants to use to make our world a much, much better place. Have you mastered the Christ-like characteristic of encouraging By seeing the possibilities in other people. An elderly but spry lady moved into a retirement community. On her first day, she sat outside the dining room. 
And across the way, she noticed a very, very distinguished-looking elderly gentleman. She began to stare a hole in him. Finally, he approached her and came over and said, Ma'am, I think you're new here. I've never seen you before. And she said, That's right. And he said, I also have noticed that you are staring at me. She said with a coy smile, Yes, she said, you look like my third husband. He inquired, how many times have you been married? And she said, twice. (laughs) Like Jesus, we need to develop the art of seeing possibilities. And then encourage people to step up to who they can become in Christ. All right, the third one. A stepping stone person is a forgiver. In Acts 15, 37 through 41. A forgiver. On the first missionary journey, Paul and Barnabas included John Mark in their adventure. John Mark was a young guy. Unfortunately, uh, young John Mark started missing his mom. And he thought, you know, I'm not enjoying this. We don't know exactly what happened. Maybe he had a falling out with Paul. We, we just don't, we don't know what happened. Well, he hit the eject button and he went back home, be with his mama. In due time, Paul and Barnabas returned and quickly started preparing for an encore performance. They were going to go out and do it again. As they planned their second missionary journey, the ever-encouraging and forgiving Barnabas suggested that Mark needed another shot at vocational Christian service. Let's put him back up on the horse, Barnabas would say. Let's help him to try again. Well, hard-nosed Paul said, nope. He's not going with us. He left us last time. So Barnabas decided, well, okay. So he took Mark with him, and the two of them went. And Paul picked Silas, and they pointed their boat toward Syria. As a result of Barnabas' forgiveness, we have the gospel of Mark. Isn't that something? If they'd have both just said, well, he, he's a washout, he's no, he no good, he doesn't have uh, the staying ability, Barnabas forgave him, picked him up, and then he wrote the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark. Did you know that's the first Gospel, Gospel of Mark? It's important. Well, redemption triumph as a fallen young man was picked up by an encouraging forgiver. The code of our day seems to be, don't get mad, get even. Lots of folks are thinking that, feeling that. Clint Eastwood, Tom Cruise, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, they give us countless celluloid renditions of them getting even with the bad guy, killing the bad guy, maiming the bad guy, shooting the bad guy. You know, they even it up. Well... You know, we watch that, and we think to ourselves, you know, our natural pull 
is to plot revenge. Our natural pull is to hurt the offender. And you know, a lot of us do that. That's what we do. We get back at them. Well, where, where does the blessing fall there? Oh, nobody. In contrast to a revenge ethic, Barnabas personified the forgiving love of the original second chance giver himself, the Lord Jesus. Now, what about us? Do we forgive? Do we hold a grudge? Do we hold it forever? Over the years, I have counseled lots of folks, people that their husbands or wife walked out on. And they come to me and they they want to get even. And they say, how can I get even? And, you know, I try and talk them through that. You know, people hurt us along the way. They cheat us in business or they do something bad in the neighborhood or, you know, something. In the family, people in the family. We get so mad at them, we could break their neck. You know, it's just terrible. Well, what about us? Do we forgive or not? Number four, a stepping stone person is full of the Holy Spirit. Acts 11, verse 24. No one is naturally a stepping stone person. This lifestyle required supernatural assistance. The Bible explains Barnabas' power source. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And considerable numbers were brought to the Lord because of Barnabas. Barnabas was thoroughly controlled by Jesus. And he conveyed to others that encouraging quality which came straight from the Holy Spirit. That is our daily struggle. Who's going to be in charge of us? Are we going to make God the CEO of our life? Are we going to make God the president of our life? Or are we going to try and fight our own battles and go through our own difficulties? If we give God permission to be the president of our lives, he supplies us with the resources to do the unnatural task of becoming a stepping stone person. We could well carve the epitaph of Barnabas' stepping stone life from the last phrase in Acts eleven twenty four. It says, considerable numbers were brought to the Lord through Barnabas. Now, what are you going to have carved on your tombstone? Are you going to write on there, I won? Or are you going to write on there, uh, I ended up on top? Are you going to write, uh, you know, something dumb like that? Or are you going to write something, you know, something about Jesus maybe, something about the good things that, you want to convey to those that will be following behind you. Our lives would be well expended if we could emulate the stepping stone character of Barnabas and assist considerable numbers of people to come to the Lord. I invite you to join me in the lofty quest of moving beyond the low road of being a stumbling block to the high and humble path of being a stepping stone.
Caesar Milan was a noted preacher in Geneva. He visited in London. He'd heard a lot about a young lady that was a great singer. She was a writer, singer. She played. She did everything. Well, a group of uh, leaders, religious leaders from around the country came to hear her play and sing. She was extremely gifted. And the audience was delighted. After the performance, Milan approached the young lady and said, You know, as I listen to you play and sing, I thought of how tremendously the cause of Christ would be benefited if your talents were dedicated to his cause. He went on to say that she must realize that she was as much a sinner in the sight of God as a drunkard or a harlot. But he added, if she would turn to Christ just as she was, he would save her and forgive her. She was very offended by this intrusion and told Milan so. She said, that's a subject I don't care to have discussed here this evening. He apologized, saying, I I meant no offense. But he added, he would continue to pray that God's Spirit would convict her and that God would accept her if she came to him just as she was. He was trying to encourage her in the right path. That night, the young lady could not sleep. She just couldn't go to sleep. The words of the preacher kept going over and over in her mind. Finally, at 2 o'clock in the morning, she got up, got out of bed, took a pencil and a paper, And with tears in her eyes and a broken heart, she began to write another song. Charlotte Elliott wrote the famous words that we still sing. Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. And that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Would you today... Come and follow the invitation of our Lord. The invitation to trust Christ as your Lord and Savior. The invitation to join His church. The invitation to rededicate your life. However you feel like the Lord would be dealing with you. I'm going to be standing down here at the front as we sing in just a moment. You just slip out and and come forward. And take a stand for Christ. Don't be ashamed of Him. Come and take a stand for Jesus who died. For you, I'll be there waiting on you to come. Let's stand as we sing together.